has a man open. Touchdown, Justin Blackman. everybody to another edition of Locked on Pokes. I'm your host Colby Powell. Glad everyone's with me on this Wednesday. Remember to head over to BuiltBar.com. Check out everything Built Bar has to offer. You will not be disappointed. A protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Every show in the month of May brought to you by Built Bar. That's BuiltBar.com. Remember to use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order. And head over to Twitter. Find me at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. And check out our partners on social media, Boone Pickens State. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Boone Pickens State. All the best Oklahoma State's news, notes, and uh, stories. Apparel as well. You can still get your Eddie Sutton shirts, uh, all that good stuff. Boone Pickens State. Joining me on Wednesdays, as he always does, Dion Imade. Dion, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Just another muggy Wednesday over here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, it's uh, it's about to get real in this state this afternoon into the evening is what they're saying. I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked at the models. I don't even know how to read them. But they're saying uh, five, maybe seven o'clock. Uh, it's going to start getting real out west and into the into the metro. So, y'all think I, I think have actually gotten worse tornadoes than we have this year? Yeah, I mean, we've had a couple of situations where we've had you know the weatherman stop the local TV station and say, "Hey, take cover." So, you know, it's, all, it's not it's not always a good time when he interrupts your regular uh, time program. Yeah, not at all, not at all. And we, my wife and I. No longer have cable, so whenever the uh, weather comes on, I guess we can always find a live stream online. We can live stream some live stream something online, but that of course means that I did not watch the last dance again on Sunday. So I'm now four episodes behind. I'm a bum. Oh, Kobe! Oh, I'm a complete Kobe. bum, man. And everybody's tweeting. You about missed it. the best one too. I know. I've got FOMO, man. I I feel so left out. Everybody's on Twitter. I turn on the radio. People are talking about the last dance, and I haven't seen the last four episodes. I feel so left out. Yeah, you missed Michael Jordan crying not one time, but twice. I know, and I still and I saw the clips, and I'm like, I need the whole thing. I need the context. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. I can get on Reddit and find some sort of, uh, let's say, legal gray area where I can watch this thing somewhere. That's that's what I need <laughs> to do now. Uh, all right. So I want to I want to ask your thoughts about some ideas that are floating around. So this kind of started yesterday with Colin Cowherd. And look, Colin Cowherd is not necessarily a news source, but he knows a lot of people. And he said yesterday that he's hearing that USC and Alabama will not be played in the non-conference because USC is not going to be able to practice in LA. Yesterday in California, uh, obviously some things happened. They ruled that the stay-at-home orders in Los Angeles County were going to stay in effect for the next three months. They ruled that California State universities in the fall would remain online classes. Uh, This doesn't necessarily impact the Pac-12 directly. That's more like uh, Fresno State, for example, is a California state university. So the the question then was presented, well, what if the Pac-12 plays in the spring? So that would mean everyone else would play in the fall. The Pac-12 would play in the spring. Now, look, the Pac-12 hasn't exactly been a regular in the playoff. Uh, we might not even notice if they're gone, but the you only know, four Power 5 conferences play in the fall and the Pac-12 waits until the spring, it seems like it's going to completely throw off the dynamics of college football as we know them. 
Yeah, I, I don't see how that makes sense in any fashion of the matter because at that point, you're literally telling the world and you're telling, you know, your student body and your alumni that we just play these games for money. Like, this is just a fundraiser for us so we can collect money because at that point, there's no implications. You're not really fighting for anything other than a Pac-12 championship. I mean, what really are you in the running for? Like, the, 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 the state of competition, it's lost. If you're playing in the spring when everybody else is playing in fall, you, you just might as well not play. Yeah, could I not make the argument that for everyone except Oregon and USC, those those teams aren't playing for the playoff anyway? Those teams aren't playing for a national championship anyway? They're only competing for a Pac-12 championship? I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm trying to weigh how important a conference championship is to all the athletes out there, and, and if that is something that would still make them all want to lay it on the line in the spring playing by themselves, knowing that at the end of it all, there's no bowl game, there's no playoff, there's, there's nothing else. There's the Pac-12 championship. How, how important is just that in itself to a 19- and 20-year-old? Yeah, see, and that's where my my problem arrives because the thing about college football is you can be successful in so many different stages. The first thing you want to accomplish is you want to get bowl eligible, okay? You want to be able to go to a bowl game and have some fun with your friends and, and play in a top-notch game. So that takes care of itself once you, you reach the allotted amount of victories. Second step is winning that conference championship. Now, that's still on the line for these guys, but – I mean, the, the point of the conference championship is it gives you a better chance and better odds to reaching that ultimate goal of being a national champion or getting to the playoff. Well, if both of those, if you take two of those, you know, rewards out of play, then you're literally telling everybody that it's just like, all right, well, the pack, you can still be a champion, some champion, some, some kind of way, but necessarily we're just here to you know play these games so we can make some money yeah and you know what else would happen let's say just i'll use usc just because they're the 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 historic program out there let's use usc for an example let's say usc they play in the spring no non-conference games obviously i mean if they're the only ones running it out they're the only ones running it out and they go undefeated if usc goes undefeated the conversation for forever maybe would be epic legendary about whether USC could have won a national title and I think we could even see a situation like with UCF a couple years ago where if a team out west were to go undefeated in Pac-12 play they would just say to hell with it and crown themselves national champions which by the way I I think that if the Pac-12 were to play in the spring for guys like you and me and, and Sports Talk Radio heads and, and, you know, First Take and Undisputed and all those guys, it would be unbelievably awesome. It would be incredible to have one college football conference playing in the spring because it would give you a million new talking points, but it would be largely for the money. And I think that we could even see, depending on how early the ruling came down, I think we could see... I don't know about mass transfers because most schools don't have a ton of scholarships left, so I don't know what kind of scholarship waivers the NCAA would grant, but I I think we could see some transfers from guys who wanted to play in the fall and play normal college football schedule. That is a a, a highly 
probable situation. Now, it's unlikely that you're going to see a bunch because they're going to have to, especially like, think about it. If it's a situation where there's a top-notch player on USC or Oregon that wants to be get his season done with and, and make himself – uh, uh, put himself in a situation where he's more valuable in the next draft class than he goes and plays in another university. Uh, he looks good. And then, then that upcoming draft, he's still, he's, he's ready. He's getting ready for the combine. USC and the Pac-12 could be in a situation where they're losing a lot of top-notch athletes because either they sit out of the season and say, I'm just going to enter my name into the draft or they say, I'll transfer and take my chances playing so I can, you know, evaluate, so I can be evaluated at the normal time. Yeah, and another thing that I don't really know what the plan is, uh, I don't think they know what the plan is either. When they say spring football, what does that mean? Does that mean February 1st through April 10th? Does that mean March 15th through May 15th? How many conference games are we playing? Is it eight? Is it nine? Do they try to play 10? I mean, they've got enough teams in the Pac-12. If they wanted to, they could play that they could play a full 12 game season just in conference. They could do a nearly round robin conference schedule if they wanted to. But like you said, the NFL draft and guys getting time to prepare for the NFL draft, do the combine, meet with teams, have a pro day, all that stuff. If you play college football in the spring, guess what? You ain't going to the combine. You ain't having a pro day. You're, you, I mean, you, and the thing is, even if you can make time to meet with teams and talk to teams and do things like that, if you're still actively engaged in college football, the NCAA is probably going to bring the hammer down and not let that happen anyway. Exactly. And not only that, you got to think about the staff, that the people on campus that put these you know, events together for these student athletes. I mean, splitting that time and putting together a football game and then basketball games during the week and during the weekend and all kinds of other sports that are going on at that same time, it's going to put a lot of stress on those universities. And I don't know if they're going to be able to accomplish it because it takes so many people to put a football game on on Saturdays or Fridays or Thursdays or whenever you might have them. Playing a basketball game, a regular season, and all the other sports that go on at the time, it's going to put a lot of stress on your administration. Yeah, can you imagine Oklahoma State in, like, let's say the last week of February, February 25th is a Saturday, uh, theoretically, and you've got Oklahoma State and Iowa State playing football, and then right next door, you've got Oklahoma State and Texas Tech with, with a basketball game going. And then you've got Oklahoma State baseball across the street with a non-conference matchup. I mean, can you imagine yeah. the logistical nightmare? Here's the thing, you're also dividing your money up extraordinary. If you're thinking about it at an economic standpoint, like the, the same people that go to football games are normally the same people that go to basketball games and the same people that go to baseball games. And there's a reason why there's seasons for those things. So those individuals can go to all three of those events. If you're telling me right now that you'll have those events on the same week, people are going to have to make decisions on which one I want to attend. They're not going to attend all three. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You can't. You just can't. And like you said, it's not like the same. It's not like you've got 60,000 people going to a football game 
and then you've got 12,000 different people going to basketball games. It, it's the same yeah. people who go to games and can afford tickets and do all that good stuff. So, uh, all right, that, that was a good conversation. We went way over. Need to take a break. Want to remind everybody about Built Bar. Head over to BuiltBar.com. Check out all the great flavors that they have to offer. They sent a box to every host on the Locked On Podcast Network. I got one. Uh, it's gone now. I've got another one headed my way in the mail. The Banana Nut Bread, the Chocolate Brownie Delight. Those are my favorites. Also really like the Built Boost, Black Cherry Lemonade, my favorite there. Make sure that you give this a try. Uh, you will not be disappointed. And you get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code Locked On. That's Locked On. Promo code First Order, $10 off, BuiltBar.com. Check it out. Thank me later. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back on the other side. I'm going to get Dion's thoughts on the odds to win the Big 12, as well as take a uh, look and see where Mike Gundy might stack up nationally in terms of active coaches. All coming up next here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked on Pokes. Colby Powell, Dion Amade with you as always on Wednesdays. All right, Dion, let's talk a little Big 12 football. That's enough Pac-12 talk. Let's talk a little Big 12. So, uh, I talked about this on Monday, but I don't believe you've seen them yet. We've got the Vegas odds to win the Big 12 conference. Now, I'm betting you can guess uh, who Las Vegas thinks is the most likely to win the Big 12. Uh, Definitely OU. That would definitely be OU. Good guess. Really good guess. Yeah. Six to five. And it's five. surprising, too, because it, because they don't have a returning starting quarterback. So, normally, that's the way these things kind of go. But they didn't pick. They, they just went with the name this time. It's the name. Also, Spencer Rattler, this is, this is some Lincoln-Riley respect. If a head coach has ever gotten this respect, Spencer Rattler, right now in Vegas, has the fourth best odds to win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, that's just the OU hype. OU quarterback, Lincoln Riley hype right there. That is, to me, and this is what I tell people, I said the same thing last year with Jalen Hurts, when Jalen Hurts had really good odds to win the Heisman. I said, look, you're not betting on Jalen Hurts. You're not betting on Spencer Rattler to win the Heisman. You're betting on Lincoln Riley. I I mean, seriously. Lincoln Riley should be the name on the odds list, but that's an, another conversation for another time. So, OU is the uh, the favorites in the Big Twelve at six to five. So that means basically one point two to one. You bet a hundred on OU to win the conference. If they win, you pocket one hundred and twenty. So who do you think's next in the Big Twelve? Uh, let's go with Texas. It is Texas. Good call. Good. I thought you'd be tempted yeah. to go Oklahoma State there. It is Texas. <sighs> Everybody loves the name recognition of Texas. They're at three to two, basically one and a half to one. You bet a hundred, you pocket one hundred and fifty. So at three, you can probably guess. Yeah, since you said Oklahoma State, you thought I'd pick them at two. I'm definitely going to pick them at three now. Yeah, so Oklahoma State is third. So they're at seven to one though. So there's a pretty significant drop off. Uh, Texas nearly five times better odds to win the conference than Oklahoma State. So at three to two, um, Oklahoma State is seven to one. That's uh, which would be fourteen to two, basically. Um, Texas has much, much better odds than Oklahoma State to win the conference, and the only way I can make sense of that, Dion, is the Texas factor, the logo on the yeah. side of the helmet. Because aside from that, I don't know what the argument is for Texas having a better team this season than Oklahoma State. Well, I mean, they do have the returning Sam Ellinger, Texas boy, Texas bred, Texas made. Ooh. 4,300 
4,326 yards last year, 39 total touchdowns. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing Vegas likes, likes him a lot, so I'm, I can see why they, they put Texas at two. If 39 touchdowns, so what is that, like 32 more touchdowns than he had wins? Is that right? <laughs> Something like that. I'm just trying to do the math in my head. I can't even remember how many games Texas won last year. I would have to go look it up. But, uh, right. yeah, I don't know, man. For a long time, I was kind of the guy who's like, look, Texas is going to get it figured out. They've got too much talent not to. I'm kind of getting tired. Right. I, I'm kind of exhausted with the whole, okay, Texas is going to figure it out this year because I was that guy for a while. I feel like I've gotten burnt too many times now to where I don't believe it anymore. I just don't. Here's the thing. The recruiting classes, especially that last, I want to say two or three, two years ago when they got like all the five, like all the yes, top-notch DBs in the state of Texas and then to think they were going to, I thought they were going to be able to handle the Big 12 on defense and then their offense was going to, you know, take care of itself. But I just, with the fact of the offense that they're running in the state of Texas, I mean, where the spread offense is most dominant, I just don't think you can get back to Texas, you know, playing Texas football with that type of offense. Yeah, by the way, I hit the nail on the head. They did win seven games last year. Eight if you count the bowl game. They did beat Utah in the bowl game. So if you count that, uh, they got to eight. But otherwise, it was just at seven. Uh, All right, quickly, see if you can guess. We've got the top three. See if you can guess uh, the Big 12 standings, basically in order of Vegas odds. OU, Texas, Oklahoma State, who's next? Uh, Give me Baylor. Uh, Baylor is at five. Baylor is at five, not at four. All right, so Iowa State's at four. Iowa State's at four. Baylor is tied with another school at five, and then there's a big drop-off in the odds. Uh, Baylor's tied with TCU. TCU, yep. Baylor and TCU, both 25-1. Yeah. to one, And then you dip down to a three-way tie at 80-1. to one. Give me the three at 80-1. to one. Uh, Give me Kansas State. Yep. Give me West Virginia. Yes, sir. Uh, and I guess Kansas? Nope, you're forgetting one school. There's a school in West Texas nobody likes. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Is that... <laughs> I'm glad that description <laughs> gave it away. <laughs> the, the, the state of the just Lubbock as a town is just, you know... I, I tend to try to forget that place. You've obviously been to Lubbock and played in Lubbock. What's it like? Going into Lubbock is the uh, enemy. Man, I tell you one thing. It's it's a very unusual, unusual place. I mean, just say this, the tortillas is the least of their problems. It's, it's very unusual. Uh, yeah, that, that I get that vibe on TV. I've been to L- Lubbock once. I was probably eight years old. It was not for uh, an Oklahoma State football game. It was not for anything Texas Tech related. Um, so I actually went down there for, there's a small college in Chickasha, USAO, and my grandpa was the head baseball coach. And they had a baseball trip over my spring break to Lubbock Christian, like a three-game series against Lubbock Christian. I went down with them when I was like eight years old. It's the only time I've been to Lubbock. And I, I got to say, it's not on my list to go back. I, 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 I don't blame you. I'm not like, man, I need to get back to Lubbock. Check that place out. Uh, all right. Anyway, so that, that's what we're looking at as far as the Big 12 goes this upcoming season. I want to take a break, come back on the other side. Uh, Dion, I want to get your thoughts on where Mike Gundy stacks up against active coaches. Uh, I've got a list of the most winning active coaches that I want to give you. We'll break that all down next as we wrap things up here on a Wednesday. Stay with us on Locked on Pokes. 
Welcome back in, everybody. Wrapping things up here on Locked on Pokes on a Wednesday. Deanna Made joining me. BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. Right now, before you forget, put it in your phone. Visit the website. Mark it as a favorite. Bookmark it. Whatever you need to do. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. Very easy to remember. Promo code Locked On. You receive $10 off your first order. Head that way and check it out. You will not be disappointed. All right. Dion, I have pulled up now. A list, I don't even know who compiled this list. Fox College Football, there's the logo. Fox College Football compiled this list. Top winning percentage amongst active FBS coaches with a minimum of 100 wins. So most of the names on this list, not that difficult to guess. There's a few on here that you just flat out will not be able to get. But the top few I think you can get. So fire away for me. Top winning percentage amongst active FBS coaches with a minimum of 100 wins. So like... Lincoln Riley's not on the list. Lincoln Riley doesn't have enough active wins. Uh, but go ahead and guess some of the big dogs for me. All right. Uh, Matt Brown is definitely on the list. He's probably number one. I'm back. And being a like a, a former uh, Texas Longhorn fan, I know how many wins Matt Brown has credited to his name. So I know he's number one on there. Uh, uh, so we're doing winning percentage. Winning percentage, and Mac Brown is on the list, but he's not at number one. That's that's a really good guess. That's one of the ones I thought you might not get. His last couple years at Dang Texas, it. and then the first couple at North Carolina have uh, taken him down the list a little bit. He's at number nine. He's won sixty six point two percent of his career games. Okay, uh, Nick Saban is on the list. Nick Saban is number two. He's won seventy eight point eight percent of his career games. Uh. Who else is there? Gary Patterson? Is Gary Patterson? Gary Patterson's at number five. Very nice. 71.1%. Okay. You've already gotten a couple that I thought were maybe kind of iffy. So, is, Wait, is Les Miles, has Kansas ruined Les Miles' winning percentage yet? Les Miles is at number six. This is another one I thought that you wouldn't get. 69.4% <laughs> for Les Miles. Okay, uh, let me think of current guys who are winning. Dabo Sweeney, Dabo, Dabo. Dabo, Dabo, Dabo is number one. Dabo, in his head coaching career, has won 80.7% of his games. Just a remarkable number. Uh, Mike Gundy, is Mike Gundy on this list? Mike Gundy, hey, this is an Oklahoma State podcast. Good guess is to think that might be why we're doing this list. 66.8% of his career games, Mike Gundy has won. He sits at number eight on this list. Okay, this one might be a little bit of a wild guess, but, I mean, everybody knows him and, knows him, and he, he did a lot of winning at Texas Tech, so I'm trying to see if his numbers will add up. Is Mike Leach on the list? First round ah. guess. Mike Leach is not on the list. Oh, man. A couple of uh, these really are tough. I'm trying to think of somebody who's co- uh, uh, the Iowa coach, Kirk. Uh, Kirk Ferentz? What's it? Yeah. Is he on the list? Kirk Ferentz is not on the list. By the way, number 10, there's a 0% chance you get number 10. Um, numbers 3, 4, and 7 are the only other ones that you haven't gotten. You could get to those, but I'll, I'll give them to you if you're running out of guesses. Hold on. Let me guess one more. There's a coach who who's been successful, but he doesn't. I don't. His name doesn't like. I don't know if he's been at anywhere that's like too popular. Uh, Frank, the guy who coaches at like Iowa. I'm not Iowa, but Ohio. Oh, Frank, yeah, I know who it is. Um, he's not on the list. 
He's not on the list. I not can't come up list. with his name right now. Okay. So number three is your boy Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher, 75.8%. Number four, and, and this guy actually surprised me that it was this high, but I guess it probably shouldn't. Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't guess he was that high. Number four on this list. Won seventy two point one of his percent uh, of his career games. Number seven, Pac twelve. Any hint at all? None. Kyle wait, Whittingham. Pac twelve. Ah, why did I not think Utah State would be a? I guess they have Utah, had Utah, like Utah. Some good luck. Utah, Utah. Excuse me. Why did I not think they would have Kyle oh, Whittingham? Oh well. 67.5% of his career games. And then number 10, winning 63.9% of his career games. You would have never gotten this. I think I could give you the school, and you still wouldn't be able to give me the coach. Because if you would have given me this school, I would not have been able to name it. Virginia. Virginia. Nope. Nah, I'm not even going to try. So bad. I would have had no <laughs> idea if his name wasn't on this list. Bronco Mendenhall. Mendenhall. Bronco Mendenhall, 63.9% of his career games. So Mike Gundy, anyway, <laughs> Mike Gundy's number eight on this list. Ranking active coaches, you think eight's probably about where Mike Gundy would fall? Maybe some people with less than 100 wins. I mean, Lincoln Riley's already made the playoff a few times and won some conference championships, so maybe maybe he would be higher. I can't think of too many other guys uh, who would be much, much higher. I mean, Sure, Ryan Day at Ohio State. He's been there a year. I mean, he's coached one year. Are those guys you would put ahead of Mike Gundy? Uh, I, I, no, I don't think so. I, I, the only one that I that had in mind in, in mind was Gary Patterson. I took that guess just because he's been coaching for a, for a little bit, you know? Yeah, and he's had a lot of success at TCU. A lot of success. Because they were successful even before they came over to the Big 12. Out in the, they were yeah. out in West, I believe. Um, and mm-hmm. Gary Patterson had a lot of success out there. I think Mike Gundy is, if I were to really lay it out and go one through fifteen, I think he would fall somewhere in like the nine to twelve range if we were ranking coaches around the country, which is still pretty damn good. It's pretty impressive in my book. Yeah, I uh, I know some people get tired of Mike Gundy and uh, clamor for something new. I think sometimes people just think the grass is greener on the other side, and I don't think it always is. I think sometimes you need to be careful what you wish for. Really, (laughs) really do. Yeah, and that's coming from a guy who played for Mike Gundy. Dion, not me. Definitely not me. Dion, this was fun. We'll have to do it again (laughs) next week. Man, I'm here for you, baby. All right, I'm going to uh, go find somewhere to somewhat legally watch The Last Dance, and uh, Dion is going to try to stay out of the way of the storms in Tulsa. We'll be back next week. BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on. Receive $10 off your first order. Don't miss out. Do it now. BuiltBar.com. Thanks for listening. Back Friday with more Locked On Posts.